Happy New Year, comrades and friends near and far. Welcome to a very special episode of This Proletarian Life, where we honor and celebrate the art of poetry, which has always been a reflection in times of struggle and revolution through the written form, spoken word, and music. Poetry has always been an important and integral part of leftist history, so I wanted to honor it. The first poem we'll be listening to is actually a song by Carlos Puebla. It's called Hasta Siempre Comandante, and it's in honor of Che Guevara and was written after he was captured and murdered. The song is in Spanish, and for those of you who do not speak the language, I will be posting a link to the translation. The chorus translates to... Here lies the clear, dear transparency of your beloved presence, Commander Che Guevara. Aprendimos a quererte desde la histórica altura donde el sol de tu bravura le puso cerco a la muerte. Aquí. Se queda la clara, la entrañable transparencia de tu querida presencia, comandante Chiegue. Fidel te decía 
comandante A ti se queda la clara La entrañable transparencia De tu querida presencia Comandante Llegue was Hasta Siempre Comandante by Carlos Puebla. And the last line actually says, We will carry on as we followed you then, and with Fidel we say to you, Until forever, Commander. Black American poet Langston Hughes has been celebrated for his poetry from the Harlem Renaissance, and was not only an author and civil rights activist, but a comrade who visited the USSR in 1932. We'll be hearing two of his revolutionary poems here. The first, Song of the Revolution, read by Andrea, and then the second, Ballads of Lenin, read by myself. Song of the Revolution by Langston Hughes. Sing me a song of the revolution, marching like fire over the world, weaving from the earth its bright red banner for the hands of the masses to unfurl. Sing me a song of the revolution, drowning the past with a thunderous shout, filled with the strength of youth and laughter, and never the echo of a doubt. O mighty roll of the revolution, ending the centuries of bloody strife, ending the tricks of kings and liars, big with the laughter of a new life, breaking the bonds of the darker races, breaking the chains that have held for years, breaking the barriers, dividing the people, smashing the gods of terror and tears. Cutting, O flame of the revolution, fear from the world like a surgeon's knife, so that the children of all creation waken at last to the joy of life. Ballads of Lenin Comrade Lenin of Russia, high in a marble tomb, move over, Comrade Lenin and give me room. I am Ivan the peasant, boots all muddy with soil. I fought with you, Comrade Lenin. Now I have finished my toil. Comrade Lenin of Russia, alive in a marble tomb, move over, Comrade Lenin, and make me room. I am Chico the Negro, cutting cane in the sun. I lived for you, Comrade Lenin. Now my work is done. Comrade Lenin in Russia, honored in a marble tomb. Move over, Comrade Lenin, and leave me room. I am Chang from the foundries, on strike in the streets of Shanghai. For the sake of the revolution, I fight, I starve, I die. Comrade Lenin of Russia speaks from the marble, on guard with the workers forever. The world is our room. Next, we have a poem by Bertolt Brecht, read by Ethan. To those who come after. 
Truly, I live in dark times. Naive words are dangerous. A forehead without wrinkles indicates a lack of sensitivity. Someone who laughs just hasn't received the dreadful news. What are these times when a conversation about trees is almost a crime? Because to do so, we have to be silent about so many evil deeds. Is the one who walks calmly along the road now out of reach for his friends who are in trouble? It's true, I work for a living. But believe me, that's just a coincidence. Nothing I do gives me the right to eat my fill. I was saved by accident. Once my luck runs out, I'm lost. They tell me, just eat and drink. Be glad of what you have. But how can I eat and drink when I take what I eat from the starving, and those who are thirsty don't have my glass of water? And yet I still eat and drink. I would love to be wise. The old books say what wisdom is. To keep away from the struggles of the world, to spend your short time without fear, to live without violence, repay evil with good. Not to try to satisfy your desires, but to forget them. I can't do any of this. Truly, I live in dark times. To the cities I came at a time of chaos ruled by hunger. I sheltered with the people in a time of rebellion, and I rebelled with them. That's how I passed the time that was given to me on Earth. I ate my food between battles. I slept among murderers. I was careless in love, and I watched nature without patience. That's how I passed the time that was given to me on Earth. In my time, the streets all led to the swamp. My language betrayed me to the butchers. There was so little I could do. But without me, the rulers sat more securely, or so I hoped. That's how I passed the time that was given to me on Earth. Our strength was limited. The goal was far in the distance. I could see it clearly even though I could never hope to reach it. And that's how I passed the time that was given to me on Earth. You who will come to the surface of the flood water that drowned us, remember, when you speak of our weaknesses, the dark times that you escaped. Walking as we were, changing countries more often than our shoes, through the class wars, desperate that there was only injustice and no rebellion. And yet we know, even hatred of squalor distorts our features. Even anger about injustice makes the voice grow hoarse. Ah, we who wanted to lay the foundation for gentleness could not ourselves be gentle. But you, when the time comes, when human beings can help other human beings, remember us with some lenience. Our next poem is also a song from revolutionary China. The lyrics are by Yu Wen, and the music is by Wang Xianghian. The poem is called Sailing the Seas Depends on the Helmsman. The translation reads as, Sailing the seas depends on the helmsman. The growth of all living beings depends on the sun. Rain and dew nourish young seedlings. Conducting revolution depends on Mel Zedong thought. Fish cannot leave the water. Melons cannot leave the vine. The revolutionary masses cannot do without the Communist Party. Mao Zedong thought is a sun that never sets. Sailing the seas depends on the helmsman. With lyrics by Yu Wen and music by Wang Xiangyun.
This is the fourth declaration of the Django La Candona of the Zapatista army. And it was originally written in Spanish, so I'll read it as it was written, and then I'll read it again translated into English. Al pueblo de México, a los pueblos y gobiernos del mundo, hermanos, no morirá la flor de la palabra, podrá morir el rostro oculto de quien la nombra hoy, pero la palabra que vino desde el fondo de la historia y de la tierra ya no podrá ser arrancada por la soberbia del poder. Nosotros nacimos de la noche, en ella vivimos, moriremos en ella. Pero la luz será mañana para los más, para todos aquellos que hoy lloran la noche, para quienes se niega el día, para quienes es regalo la muerte, para quienes está prohibida la vida, para todos la luz, para todos todo, para nosotros el dolor y la angustia, para nosotros la alegre rebeldía, para nosotros el futuro negado, para nosotros la dignidad insurrecta, para nosotros nada. Nuestra lucha es por hacernos escuchar, y el mal gobierno grita soberbia y tapa con cañones sus odios. Nuestra lucha es por el hambre, y el mal gobierno regala plomo y papel para los estómagos de nuestros hijos. Nuestra lucha es por un techo digno, y el mal gobierno destruye nuestra casa y nuestra historia. Nuestra lucha es por el saber, y el mal gobierno reparte ignorancia y desprecio. Nuestra lucha es por la tierra, y el mal gobierno ofrece cementerios. Nuestra lucha es por un trabajo justo y digno, y el mal gobierno compra y vende cuerpos y vergüenzas. Nuestra lucha es por la vida, y el mal gobierno oferta muerte como futuro. Nuestra lucha es por el respeto a nuestros derechos, a gobierno y a gobernarnos, y el mal gobierno epone los más la ley y de los menos, y el mal gobierno impone a los más la ley de los menos. Nuestra lucha es para el, por la libertad, para el pensamiento y el caminar, y el mal gobierno pone cárceles y tumbas. Nuestra lucha es por la justicia, y el mal gobierno se llena de criminales y asesinos. Nuestra lucha es por la historia, y el mal gobierno propone olvido. Nuestra lucha es por la patria, y el mal gobierno sueña con la bandera y la lengua extranjeras. Nuestra lucha es por la paz, y el mal gobierno anuncia guerra y destrucción. Techo, tierra, trabajo, pan, salud, educación, independencia, democracia, libertad, justicia y paz. Estos fueron nuestras banderas en la madrugada del 1994. Estas fueron nuestras demandas en la larga noche de los 500 años. Estas son hoy nuestras existencias. To the people of Mexico, to the peoples and government of the world, brothers and sisters, the flower of the word will not die. The masked face which today has a name may die. 
but the word which came from the depths of history and the earth can no longer be cut by the arrogance of the powerful. We were born of the night. We live in the night. We will die in her. But there will be light tomorrow for others, for all those who today weep at the night, for those who have been denied the day, for those for whom death is a gift, for those who are denied life. The light will be for all of them, for everyone, everything, for us, pain and anguish, for us, the joy of rebellion, for us, a future denied, for us, the dignity of insurrection, for us, nothing. Our fight has been to make ourselves heard, and the evil government screams arrogance and closes its ears with its cannon. Our fight is caused by hunger, and the gifts of the evil government are lead and paper for the stomachs of our children. Our fight is for a roof over our heads which has dignity, and the evil government destroys our homes and our history. Our fight is for knowledge, and the evil government distributes ignorance and disdain. Our fight is for the land, and the evil government gives us cemeteries. Our fight is for a job which is just and dignified, and the evil government buys and sells our bodies and our shame. Our fight is for life, and the evil government offers death as our future. Our fight is for respect for our right to sovereignty and self-government, and the evil government imposes laws of the few on the many. Our fight is for liberty of thought, and the evil government builds jails and graves. Our fight is for justice, and the evil government consists of criminals and assassins. Our fight is for history, and the evil government proposes to erase history. Our fight is for the homeland, and the evil government dreams with the flag in the language of foreigners. Our fight is for peace, and the evil government brings war and destruction. Housing, land, employment, food, education, independence, democracy, liberty, justice, and peace. These were our banners at the dawn of 1994. These were our demands during the long night of 500 years. These, today, are our necessities. Big thanks to Marcos for reading the fourth declaration of the Zapatistas in both Spanish and English. Really wonderful stuff and very poetic in its own right, even though it wasn't written specifically to be poetry. And when you leave, take your pictures with you by Joe Carrillo. Our white sisters, radical friends, love to own pictures of us, sitting at a factory machine, wielding a machete, in our bright bandanas, holding brown, yellow, black, red children, reading books from literacy campaigns, holding machine guns, bayonets, bombs, knives. Our white sisters, radical friends, should think again. Our white sisters, Radical friends love to own pictures of us, walking to the fields in hot sun, with straw hat on head if brown, bandana if black, and bright embroidered shirts, holding brown, yellow, black, red children, reading books from literacy campaigns, smiling. 
Our white sister's radical friend should think again. No one smiles. At the beginning of a day spent digging for souvenir chunks of uranium. Of cleaning up after our white sister's radical friends. And when our white sister's radical friends see us in the flesh, not as a picture they own, they're not quite as sure if they like us as much. We're not as happy as we look on their wall. That was Savannah with And When You Leave, Take Your Pictures With You by Joe Carrillo. Hello all, I'll be reading the poem What is Violence by Ricardo Santuario. Um, Before I begin, I want to give her a quick shout out. Uh, She's a woman of color, so I recommend supporting her in any way, either by purchasing the chapbook for which this poem was found in, or just donating your uh, money to her. Um, But you can find her at her Twitter at Ricky underscore JPEG, or JPG. Their pinned tweet will be uh, the chapbook where you can buy this, where the poem is found. But anyway, um, without further ado, here is the poem. What is violence? Is it shower of glass under moonlight? Is it students forgetting their fear of flames? Is it students learning how easy it is to become hashtag? Is it ripping apart a Trump cutout? Is a white man taking your name? Is it not letting a white man take your name? Is it forcing water to drink from pipeline? Is it being angry at hurt? Is it living on stolen land? Is it keeping the owners as trophies? Is it using their kin as decoration for pamphlets? Is it asking for your existence to be recognized? Is a fake wall never being addressed? Is a university putting words before bodies? Is it wanting a room that knows sunlight? Is it wanting a room that doesn't feel like a grave? Is it questioning your seat in class? Is it your hands always being ready for a fight? Is a red hat causing earthquake in your chest? Is it having to write a poem that makes you relive this all? Is it turning all your trauma into something easier to read? Is it finding so many names for it and never finding yours? There's an inner thing in every man. Do you know this thing, my friend? It has withstood the blows of a million years and will do so to the end. It was born when time did not exist and it grew up out of life. It cut down evil strangling vines like a slashing, searing knife. It lit fires when fires were not and burnt the mind of man, tempering leaden hearts to steel from the time that time began. It wept by the waters of Babylon, and when all men were a loss, it screeched in writhing agony, and it hung bleeding from the cross. It died in Rome, by lion and sword, and in defiant cruel array, when the deathly word was Spartacus along the Appian Way. It marched with what the Tyler's poor, and frightened lord and king, and it was emblazoned in their deathly stare, as ere a living thing. It smiled in holy innocence before conquistadors of old, so meek and tame and unaware of the deathly power of gold. 
He burst forth through pitiful parish streets and stormed the old Bastille, and marched upon the serpent's head and crushed it neath its heel. It died in blood on buffalo plains and starved by moons of rain. Its heart was buried in wounded knee, but it will come to rise again. It screamed aloud by Kerry Lakes as it was knelt upon the ground, and it died in great defiance as they coldly shot it down. It is found in every light of hope, it knows no bounds nor space, it has risen in red and black and white, it is there in every race. It lies in the hearts of heroes dead, it screams in tyrants eyes, it has reached the peak of mountains high, it comes searing across the skies. It lights the dark of this prison cell, it thunders forth its might, it is the undauntable thought my friend, that thought that says, I'm right. Thank you, Grant, for reading Rhythm of Time by Bobby Sands. And then before that, that was Ilex reading What is Violence by Ricardo Santuario. Please go support her poetry. Well, thank you everybody for listening to this episode of Revolutionary Poetry. Uh, we'll be ending today's episode with an essay about poetry that our comrade Savannah uh, gave me, which is written from the feminist perspective. Following that, we'll be listening to our last piece, which is a beautiful rendition of Polyushka Polye, or Song of the Plains, by our beloved Paul Robeson. Great big thanks to our friends and comrades, Andrea, Ethan, Marcos, Savannah, Ilex, and Grant for taking some of the time out of your busy schedules to help us and share some poetry. I really hope everyone enjoyed listening to this, and I hope your 2020 is off to a great start. Poetry is Not a Luxury by feminist author Lord. The quality of light by which we scrutinize our lives has direct bearing upon the product which we live and upon the changes which we hope to bring about through those lives. It is within this light that we form all ideas by which we pursue our magic and make realized. This is poetry as illumination, for it is through poetry that we give name to those ideas which are, until the poem, nameless and formless, about to be birthed, but already felt. That distillation of experience, from which true poetry springs, births thought as dreams births concept, as feeling births idea, as knowledge births or precedes understanding. As we learn to bear the intimacy of scrutiny and to flourish within it, as we learn to use the products of that scrutiny for our power within our living, those fears which rule our lives and form our silences begin to lose their control over us. For each of us as women, there's a dark place within where hidden and growing our true spirit rises, beautiful and tough as chestnut, stanchions against your nightmare of weakness and of impotence. These places of possibility within ourselves are dark because they are ancient and hidden. They have survived and grown strong through that darkness. Within these deep places, each one of us holds an incredible reserve of creativity and power, of unexamined and unrecorded emotion and feeling. The woman's place of power within each of us is neither white nor surface. It is dark, it is ancient, and it is deep. When we view living in the European mode only as a problem to be solved, we rely solely upon our ideas to make us free. 
for these are what the White Fathers told us were precious. But as we come more into touch with our ancient, non-European consciousness of living as a situation to be experienced and interacted with, we learn more and more to cherish our feelings and to respect those hidden sources of power from which true knowledge and, therefore, lasting action comes. At this point in time, I believe that women carry within ourselves the possibility for fusion of these two approaches so necessary for survival, and we come closest to this combination in our poetry. I speak here of poetry as a revelatory distillation of experience, not the sterile wordplay that, too often, the White Fathers distorted the word poetry to mean in order to cover the desperate wish for imagination without insight. For women, then, poetry is not a luxury. It is a vital necessity for our existence. It forms the quality of light within which we predicate our hopes and dreams towards survival and change, first made into language, then into idea, then into tangible action. Poetry is the way we help give name to the nameless so it can be thought. The farthest horizons of hope and fears are cobbled by our poetry, carved from the rock experiences of our daily lives. As they become known to and accepted by us, our feelings and the honest exploration of them become sanctuaries and spawning grounds for the most radical and daring ideas. They become a safe house for that difference so necessary to change in the conceptualization of any meaningful action. Right now, I could name at least 10 ideas I would have found intolerable or incomprehensible and frightening, except as they came after dreams and poems. This is not an idle fantasy, but a disciplined attention to the true meaning of, it feels right to me. We can train ourselves to respect our feelings and to transpose them into a language that can be shared. And where that language does not yet exist, it is our poetry which helps us to fashion it. Poetry is not only dream and vision, it is the skeleton architecture of our lives. It lays the foundation for a future of change, a bridge across our fears of what has never been before. Possibility is neither forever nor instant. It is not easy to sustain belief in its efficacy. We can sometimes work long and hard to establish one beachhead of real resistance to the deaths we are expected to live, only to have that beachhead assaulted or threatened by the canards we have been socialized to fear, or by the withdrawal of those approvals that we have been warned to seek for safety. Women see ourselves diminished and softened by the falsely benign accusations of childishness, of non-universality, of changeability, of sensuality, and who asks the question, am I altering your aura, your dreams, your ideas, or am I merely moving you to a temporary and reactive action? And even though the latter is no mean task, it is one that must be seen within the context of a need for true alteration of the very foundations of our lives. The White Fathers told us, I think, therefore I am. The Black Mother within each of us, the poet, whispers in our dreams, I feel, therefore I can be free. Poetry coins the language to express and charter this revolutionary demand, the implementation of that freedom. However, experience has taught us that action in the now is also necessary always. Our children cannot dream unless they can live. They cannot live unless they are nourished. And who else will feed them the real food without which their dreams will be no different from ours? If you want us to change the world someday, we at least have to live long enough to grow up, shouts the child. Sometimes we drug ourselves with the dream of new ideas. The head will save us. The brain alone will set us free. But there are no new ideas still waiting in the wings to save us as women, as humans. There are only old and forgotten ones, new combinations, extrapolations, and recognitions from within ourselves, along with renewed courage to try them out. And we must constantly encourage ourselves and each other to attempt the heretical action that our dreams imply. 
and so many of our old ideas disparage. In the forefront of our move toward change, there is only poetry to hint at possibility made real. Our poems formulate the implications of ourselves, what we feel within and dare make real. Our fears, our hopes, our most cherished terrors. For within living structures defined by profit, by linear power, by institutional dehumanization, our feelings were not meant to survive. Kept around as unavoidable adjuncts or pleasant pastimes, our feelings were expected to kneel to the thought as women were expected to kneel to men. But women have survived, as poets. And there are no new pains, we have felt them all already. We have hidden that fact in the same place where we have hidden our power. They surface in our dreams, and it is our dreams that point the way to freedom. Those dreams are made realizable through our poems that give us the strength and courage to see, to feel, to speak, and to dare. If what we need to dream to move our spirits most deeply and directly toward and through promise is discounted as a luxury, then we give up the core, the fountain of our power, our womanness. We give up the future of our worlds. For there are no new ideas. There are only new ways of making them felt, of examining what those ideas feel like being lived on Sunday morning at 7 a.m. after brunch, during wild love, making war, giving birth, mourning our dead, while we suffer the old longings, battle the old warnings, and fears of being silent and impotent and alone, while we taste new possibilities and strengths. Эх, там молодые наши села, эх, колю 
Ложка широка поле, едут и по полю герои, Эх, так красные армии герои, Эх, rolling green open field, rolling plain wide open prairie, Heroes go riding across the prairie, Yes, with the red army go the hero.